Welcome to Haunted Grove, the podcast that brings you the darkest, most spine-tingling stories from the world of the unknown. If you're a fan of cryptic tales, paranormal events, and unexplained mysteries, then you're in the right place. Each week, we'll take you on a journey into the shadows, exploring the macabre, the supernatural, and the downright terrifying. Our team of expert storytellers will guide you through tales of ghosts, monsters, haunted places, and more. But be warned, these stories are not for the faint of heart. They may keep you up at night, make you check under your bed, or have you looking over your shoulder. So, buckle up, listeners, and get ready to journey into the mysterious and macabre with Haunted Grove. Let's dive in. The Shadowed Tales, A Journey Through Darkness The world had become a desolate place, a dystopia in which humanity was struggling to survive. The streets were empty, the buildings abandoned, and the sky was forever overcast. This was the world in which our protagonist, Alex, lived. Alex was a survivor, like so many others. He had learned to live off the land, scavenging for food and shelter in the abandoned buildings. He had lost everything he had ever cared about, his family, his friends, and even his own identity. He was alone in this world, with only his wits to guide him. Alex's life was a constant struggle, and he found himself sinking deeper and deeper into despair. But one day, as he was scavenging for food, he stumbled upon an old book. It was a book of stories, a collection of tales that had been passed down from generation to generation. The book was called, The Shadowed Tales, and it promised to reveal the secrets of the world beyond the one in which Alex lived. As Alex began to read the book, he discovered that the tales were not just stories. They were warnings, cautionary tales about the dangers that lurked in the shadows of the world. The more he read, the more he became convinced that the world was not as it seemed. There were things lurking in the darkness, things that no one had ever seen. One night, as Alex was exploring an abandoned building, he stumbled upon a strange device. It was a small, circular object with a series of buttons and dials. He had no idea what it was, but he felt drawn to it. He picked it up, and as soon as he did, he was enveloped in a blinding light. When he opened his eyes, he found himself in a strange world. The sky was dark, and the air was thick with a strange mist. The buildings around him were twisted and distorted, and he could hear strange whispers in the darkness. Alex knew that he had been called to this world for a reason. He felt a sense of purpose that he had never felt before. He knew that he had to find out what was going on in this strange world and why he had been brought here. At first, Alex was terrified. The world in which he found himself was unlike anything he had ever seen. He was surrounded by strange creatures and twisted buildings, and he had no idea where to go or what to do. He considered running back to his own world, to the safety of the mundane life he had known. But something inside him wouldn't let him turn back. He knew that he had to face his fears and find out what was going on in this world. As Alex was wandering through the strange world, he met a mysterious figure. The figure was tall and slender, with a cloak that seemed to be made of shadows. The figure introduced himself as the keeper of the shadowed tales, the one who had written the book that had led Alex to this world. The keeper told Alex that he had been brought to this world to face a great evil, an evil that had been lurking in the shadows for centuries. The keeper explained that this evil was a creature of darkness, a being that fed on the fear and despair of those around it. The keeper told Alex that he was the only one who could stop this creature, and that he had been chosen for this task because of his courage and determination. The keeper gave Alex a set of instructions, telling him where to go and do what he needed to do to stop the creature. With the keeper's guidance, Alex set out on his quest. 
Alex traveled deep into the heart of the strange world, facing many dangers along the way. He encountered twisted creatures and treacherous landscapes, but he pressed on, determined to find the creature that he had been sent to stop. As he approached the creature's lair, Alex felt his fear begin to rise. He knew that he was facing something truly terrifying, but he also knew that he had to be brave. He took a deep breath and stepped forward, ready to face whatever lay ahead. As Alex journeyed through the creature's lair, he faced a series of tests. He encountered strange puzzles and deadly traps, each one more difficult than the last. But he also met allies along the way, other survivors who had been trapped in this world. Together, they fought off the creature's minions and made their way deeper into its lair. But they also faced enemies, creatures that had been corrupted by the darkness and now served the creature. As they fought, Alex began to realize that the creature was not just an external enemy, but an internal one as well. He had to face his own fears and doubts, to overcome his own darkness in order to defeat the creature. As Alex and his allies approached the heart of the creature's lair, they knew that they were facing their greatest challenge. They could hear the creature's breathing, a deep, ragged sound that filled them with dread. But they also knew that they had come too far to turn back now. They steeled themselves for the final battle, ready to face the creature and put an end to its reign of terror. As Alex and his allies entered the creature's lair, they found themselves facing a dark, twisted world. The creature was a being of pure darkness, a mass of shadows and tendrils that seemed to writhe and twist in the air. The battle was long and grueling, with Alex and his allies fighting for their lives. But finally, they managed to weaken the creature, using the knowledge and skills they had gathered along the way. In the end, it was Alex who struck the final blow, plunging a weapon of pure light into the creature's heart. As the creature dissolved into nothingness, Alex felt a sense of triumph and relief wash over him. As Alex emerged from the creature's lair, he felt a sense of pride and accomplishment. He had faced his fears and emerged victorious, and he knew that he had saved countless lives in the process. But he also felt a sense of sadness, knowing that the world in which he lived was still a desolate place, full of danger and despair. He knew that there was still much work to be done, and he felt a sense of responsibility to help rebuild the world, to create a better future for himself and others. As Alex returned to his own world, he knew that he had been forever changed by his experience. He had faced the darkness and emerged victorious, and he knew that he was capable of great things. But he also knew that he could not do it alone. He needed to work with others, to build a community that could support and uplift one another. As he walked through the desolate streets, he knew that there was still much work to be done. But he also knew that he was not alone, that there were others out there who shared his vision of a better world. And with that thought, he set out to build a new future, one in which hope and possibility could triumph over darkness and despair. As he worked to rebuild the world, Alex knew that he would never forget the lessons he had learned on his journey. He knew that he would always carry the courage and determination that had helped him face his fears, and he knew that he would always strive to be the best version of himself. Over time, the world began to change. The sky cleared, the buildings were rebuilt, and people began to emerge from their hiding places. A new sense of community began to emerge, one in which people worked together to create a better future. And through it all, Alex continued to work tirelessly, always striving to make the world a better place. He knew that there would always be challenges and obstacles, but he also knew that he had the strength and determination to face them. As he looked out over the world he had helped create, he felt a sense of pride and satisfaction. He knew that he had played a small part in creating something truly special, a world that was filled with hope and possibility. And with that thought, he smiled and set out to continue his work, knowing that there was still much to be done, but also knowing that he had the strength and courage to face whatever lay ahead.
the crypt's darkness. As the sun sets on a small town nestled deep in the woods, a dense fog begins to roll in. The mist creeps through the streets, enveloping everything in its path with an eerie and foreboding atmosphere. It seems as though the very air itself is alive with an unsettling presence. The town's graveyard, which sits at the edge of the woods, is a place of particular significance on this particular evening. For something evil lurks among the headstones, something that has been waiting for just the right moment to strike. Jane arrives at the graveyard. She's come to pay her respects to her grandmother, who was buried here just a few months ago. Jane is a solitary figure, an outsider in this town, and she feels the weight of the unfamiliar surroundings pressing down upon her. As she walks among the graves, she notices that many of them have been disturbed. The earth is freshly turned, and the headstones are in disarray. She senses that something is not quite right, but she can't put her finger on what it might be. Suddenly, Jane hears a rustling in the bushes behind her. She turns to look but sees nothing. The sound grows louder, and she begins to feel a sense of panic rising within her. She tries to run, but her feet feel heavy, as though they're stuck in mud. The rustling grows louder still, and Jane is paralyzed with fear. Then, as if out of nowhere, a hand reaches out from the bushes and grabs her by the throat. Jane struggles against the grip, but it's too strong. She feels herself being dragged backwards into the underbrush, as though she's being pulled into some kind of nightmare. She tries to scream, but her throat is constricted, and no sound comes out. As she's pulled deeper and deeper into the woods, Jane realizes that she's not alone. There's something out here with her, something that's been waiting for her. Jane wakes up in a small cabin deep in the woods. She's confused and disoriented, and she has no idea how she got here. The cabin is old and decrepit, and it's clear that no one has lived here for years. Jane tries to leave, but the door is locked from the outside. She's trapped. As the hours pass, Jane begins to hear strange noises outside the cabin. She hears something scratching at the door, and she can feel the presence of something watching her from outside. She begins to feel a growing sense of dread, as though she's being hunted by something that's not quite human. Jane decides to explore the cabin to see if there's anything that might help her escape. She finds an old diary, written by a woman who lived in the cabin over a century ago. The diary tells the story of a woman who was tormented by an evil presence that haunted her every waking moment. The woman had tried to leave the cabin, but she was always drawn back by the darkness that surrounded it. As Jane reads the diary, she begins to realize that she's not alone in this cabin. The evil presence that haunted the woman all those years ago is still here, and it's taken a particular interest in her. She hears whispers in the dark, and she feels the touch of cold fingers on her skin. The presence is getting stronger, and she knows that she has to find a way out before it's too late. Jane begins to search the cabin for any way out. She finds a hidden passage that leads to a crypt beneath the cabin. The crypt is filled with coffins and headstones, and Jane realizes that this is where the evil presence has been hiding all along. As she explores the crypt, she discovers that many of the coffins have been opened, and the bodies inside have been disturbed. She realizes that the evil presence has been using the bodies to fuel its power, and that it's been waiting for someone like her to come along. As she continues to search, Jane comes across an old book. It's bound in human skin, and it's filled with ancient incantations and spells. Jane realizes that this is the key to defeating the evil presence. She begins to study the book, hoping to find a way to banish the darkness once and for all. Jane spends the next few hours studying the book, trying to understand the incantations and spells. She realizes that the only way to banish the darkness is to perform a ritual at the center of the graveyard. 
She knows that this will be dangerous, but she's determined to see it through. As she makes her way through the woods, she can feel the presence of the evil growing stronger. The fog is thick and heavy, and she can barely see where she's going. She feels as though she's being watched, and she knows that the darkness is closing in. When she finally reaches the center of the graveyard, Jane begins to perform the ritual. She speaks the incantations and spells, and she can feel the power of the evil presence growing weaker. She knows that she's close to banishing it for good. But then, just as she's about to complete the ritual, the evil strikes back. It attacks her, filling her mind with visions of darkness and despair. She feels as though she's drowning in a sea of darkness, and she knows that she's losing the battle. Just as she's about to give up, Jane remembers something her grandmother told her before she died. She told her that the power to defeat evil lies within oneself, and that one must never give up hope. With this in mind, Jane summons all of her strength and fights back against the darkness. The evil presence is banished, and the fog lifts. Jane can see the stars shining in the sky, and she feels a sense of peace and relief. She knows that the evil is gone, and that she saved the town from a terrible fate. As she makes her way back to the cabin, Jane realizes that she's not alone anymore. She's made friends with the townspeople, and she feels a sense of belonging that she's never felt before. She knows that she's finally found a place to call home. The Curse of the Power Plant The old power plant had been abandoned for years, its rusted metal exterior and broken windows offering little insight into the dark secrets that lay within. Few dared to venture inside, for fear of what they might find. But for five curious souls, the lure of the unknown was too great to resist. It was a hot summer day when they arrived, the sun beating down on them as they made their way through the overgrown weeds and broken concrete. As they drew closer to the plant, they could feel the weight of its history pressing down on them, a palpable sense of dread settling over them like a thick fog. The group consisted of five friends, Emily, a tall, statuesque woman with long black hair and a passion for urban exploration. James, her boyfriend, a quiet but adventurous soul with a sharp mind and a love of puzzles. Alex, a witty and sarcastic writer with a love for all things macabre. Sarah, a shy and introverted artist with a keen eye for detail, and Michael, the youngest of the group, a naive and impulsive teenager who was eager to prove himself. As they entered the power plant, they were immediately struck by the eerie silence that greeted them. The only sound was the creaking of metal and the faint echo of their footsteps as they made their way through the maze-like corridors. It was clear that no one had been inside in a long time, and the plant was in a state of disrepair. Graffiti covered the walls, and the floors were littered with debris. But there was something else, too. A sense of unease that permeated the air, a feeling that they were not alone. It was as if the very walls of the plant were alive, watching them, waiting for them to make a misstep. They had come to explore, to uncover the secrets that lay hidden within the plant. But as they delved deeper, they began to realize that they had bitten off more than they could chew. The power plant was not just abandoned, it was cursed. As they made their way through the corridors, strange things began to happen. Doors would open and close on their own, as if controlled by some unseen force. The walls would whisper to them, their voices a cacophony of murmurs and whispers that seemed to echo in their very souls. And in the shadows, they caught glimpses of things that should not have been there, dark, shapeless forms that seemed to be watching them, waiting for them. At first, they tried to dismiss it as their imaginations running wild. But as the day wore on, the horror of their situation became impossible to ignore. They were trapped in the plant, with no way out and no one to help them. And something was hunting them. It began with Michael, the youngest of the group. 
he was the first to fall victim to the curse, his screams echoing through the corridors as he was dragged away by something unseen. They searched for him, but he was gone, vanished into the darkness. As the hours passed, they began to turn on each other, their fear and desperation fueling their paranoia. Emily, the most level-headed of the group, tried to keep them together, but it was a losing battle. James grew increasingly distant, lost in his own thoughts, while Alex's snarky comments grew more cutting and bitter. It was Sarah who found the first clue, hidden away in a corner of the plant. It was a faded map, marked with cryptic symbols and indecipherable writing. As they studied it, they began to realize that the power plant was not just a place of machinery and electricity, but a site of ancient rituals and dark magic. As they followed the map deeper into the plant, they began to unravel the secrets of its past. They discovered that the power plant had been built on an ancient burial ground, where the indigenous people had worshipped a powerful and malevolent god. The plant had been used by a cult to harness the god's power, but something had gone wrong. The god had grown too strong, too powerful, and had turned on its worshippers, cursing the plant and all who entered it. It was too late for them to turn back. They had unwittingly stepped into a battleground between an ancient god and its long-dead worshippers, and they were caught in the crossfire. They soon realized that they were being hunted by the god, its form shifting and changing as it stalked them through the plant. It was a creature of darkness, its eyes glowing with an otherworldly light, its skin cold as ice. It moved with an unearthly grace, its form twisting and contorting in impossible ways. They tried to fight it, but their weapons were useless against its power. They could only run, their hearts pounding in their chests as they fled through the corridors. The god was always one step ahead of them, its presence a constant, malevolent force that followed them wherever they went. But there was one hope. They had discovered a ritual, buried deep in the heart of the plant, that could banish the god back to the realm from which it had come. It was a risky plan, fraught with danger, but they had no other choice. As they gathered the materials for the ritual, they could feel the god's presence growing stronger, its power building to a fever pitch. They knew they had little time left. With shaking hands, they began the ritual. The air grew thick with the scent of burning incense, and the ground shook beneath their feet. They could feel the god's anger and frustration, a howling, primal force that threatened to overwhelm them. But they persisted, their voices growing stronger as they chanted the ancient words. And then, with a final burst of energy, the ritual was complete. The god screamed in fury as it was banished back to its own realm, the power plant falling silent once more. They had succeeded, but at a terrible cost. Michael was gone, lost forever to the darkness. And they themselves were forever changed, their minds scarred by the horrors they had witnessed. They knew they could never return to the power plant, but they also knew that they could never forget the things they had seen and experienced. As they left the plant, the sun setting behind them, they knew that they would never be the same again. The power plant had left its mark on them, a dark stain that would never be washed away. But they also knew that they had faced the darkness and emerged victorious, a small glimmer of hope in a world that was all too often consumed by shadow. The Aberrant Farm The old, deserted farm sat atop a hill overlooking miles of barren farmland. The once lush fields were now nothing but dead, dry earth. The only thing that seemed to be thriving was the farm's sole inhabitant, a young girl named Lily. She lived alone in the farmhouse, having inherited the property from her parents who had died in a mysterious fire years before. Lily had always been fascinated by the history of the farm, the stories her parents had told her about the strange occurrences that happened on the property. She had grown up listening to tales of ghostly apparitions and inexplicable noises that haunted the house at night. As a child, she had been terrified, but as she got older, 
she found herself drawn to the eerie energy that surrounded the farm. One hot, humid summer evening, as Lily sat on the front porch of the farmhouse, she noticed a car pulling up the long, winding driveway. She watched as a man got out of the car and began to walk up the hill towards her. As he approached, Lily could see that he was tall and thin, with piercing blue eyes and a rugged, handsome face. He introduced himself as Michael, a writer who was looking for inspiration for his next horror novel. Lily was immediately intrigued by Michael and his work. She had always loved horror stories, and the prospect of someone writing a novel inspired by the farm was thrilling to her. Michael asked if he could stay at the farmhouse for a few days to soak up the atmosphere and get a feel for the place. Lily agreed, happy for the company and excited to share her home with someone who shared her interests. Over the next few days, Michael explored the farm, taking long walks through the fields and spending hours poring over old books and photographs in the farmhouse's library. As he did so, he began to feel an overwhelming sense of unease. He couldn't explain it, but he felt as though he was being watched, as though something unseen was lurking in the shadows, waiting to pounce. On the third night of his stay, Michael was awoken by a loud noise coming from the barn. He got out of bed and made his way down to investigate. As he approached the barn, he could hear strange, guttural noises coming from inside. He cautiously pushed open the door and stepped inside, his heart racing. What he saw inside the barn made him gasp in horror. In the dim light, he could see rows of cages lining the walls, and in each cage, a different kind of animal was trapped. But these were no ordinary animals. They were twisted and deformed, their bodies contorted in unnatural ways, their eyes glowing with a sickly green light. Michael stumbled backwards, his mind reeling with fear and disbelief. As he tried to make his way out of the barn, he was confronted by a figure standing in the shadows. It was a tall, slender creature with skin as white as snow and long, black hair that hung in tangled knots. Its eyes were black as coal, and its lips were curled into a snarl. Michael felt a surge of terror, his limbs frozen in fear. The creature began to move towards him, its arms outstretched, and Michael knew that he was in mortal danger. As the creature closed in on him, Michael's mind raced. He knew that he had to get out of the barn, to make it back to the safety of the farmhouse. With a burst of energy, he broke free of the creature's grasp and bolted towards the door. He ran as fast as he could, his heart pounding in his chest, his lungs burning with exertion. Finally, he burst out of the barn and into the cool night air. He collapsed onto the ground and looked up to see Lily standing over him, concern etched on her face. Michael, are you okay? she asked, helping him to his feet. What happened? Michael tried to catch his breath, his mind still reeling from the terror he had just experienced. There's something in the barn, he gasped. Something, unnatural. Lily's face paled, and she took a step back. I, I don't know what you're talking about, she stammered. But Michael could see the fear in her eyes, and he knew that she was lying. Lily, I need to know what's going on here, he said. What happened to your parents? What's in that barn? Lily hesitated, her eyes darting around as if searching for an escape. But finally, she spoke. My parents were, obsessed with the farm, she said. They spent all their time researching its history, trying to uncover its secrets. And then, one night, there was a fire. They both died. Michael could sense that there was more to the story than Lily was letting on, but he didn't push her. Instead, he followed her back to the farmhouse, where she made him a cup of tea and they sat in silence for a while. Finally, Michael spoke. Lily, I need to know what's in that barn. I can't write my book without knowing the truth. Lily hesitated for a moment, then nodded. 
Okay, she said. But you have to promise me that you won't tell anyone what you see. Michael promised, and together they made their way back to the barn. As they entered, Michael's heart pounded with fear, but he steeled himself and pushed on. They made their way to the back of the barn, where there was a trapdoor in the floor. Lily pulled it open, and they descended a creaky ladder into a dark, musty cellar. The room was small and cramped, with walls made of rough, hewn stone. In the center of the room, there was a large pit filled with bones and rotting flesh. And standing over the pit was the creature that Michael had seen earlier. It turned its head to look at them, its eyes glowing in the dim light. Lily, what is this? Michael whispered, his voice barely above a whisper. Lily took a deep breath, then spoke. My parents were trying to create something, she said. They were experimenting with genetic engineering, trying to create the perfect creature. And this, this is what they came up with. Michael stared in horror at the creature, which was now moving towards them. We have to get out of here, he said, his voice shaking. But before they could make a move, the creature was upon them. It grabbed Michael with its long, slender arms, pulling him towards the pit. Michael could see the bones and flesh now, could smell the stench of death. He struggled against the creature, but it was too strong. As the creature prepared to throw Michael into the pit, Lily lunged forward and grabbed its arm. With a strength that belied her size, she pulled the creature away from Michael and hurled it across the room. Run, she yelled, grabbing Michael's hand and pulling him towards the ladder. They scrambled up the rungs, their hearts pounding with fear. Finally, they burst out of the trapdoor and into the cool night air. They ran back to the farmhouse, their breath coming in ragged gasps. Once inside, they locked the doors and barricaded the windows, huddling together in fear. As the night wore on, they could hear strange noises coming from outside the farmhouse. The sound of shuffling footsteps, of something scraping against the walls. Michael's mind was racing with possibilities. Had the creature followed them? Were there more of them out there, waiting to attack? They sat in silence for what felt like hours, their eyes locked on the front door. But finally, the sounds outside ceased, and they could hear only the soft chirping of crickets in the fields. Lily turned to Michael, her eyes filled with tears. I'm so sorry, she said. I never meant for any of this to happen. Michael shook his head. It's not your fault, he said. We have to get out of here, call the police, tell them what's going on. Lily nodded, and together they made their way to the phone in the kitchen. But when they picked up the receiver, there was no dial tone. The line was dead. Michael's heart sank. They were trapped, with no way of calling for help. They were alone, with the creatures outside, waiting to attack. They spent the rest of the night huddled in the kitchen, waiting for dawn. As the first rays of light began to filter through the windows, they heard a loud banging on the front door. Michael's heart leapt into his throat. Who is it, he yelled, his voice trembling with fear. There was no answer, only the sound of pounding fists on the door. Michael could see the wood beginning to splinter under the force of the blows. Suddenly, there was a crash, and the door flew open. In the doorway stood a group of men, dressed in black robes and carrying torches. Come with us, one of them said, his voice cold and emotionless. Michael and Lily exchanged a look of confusion, but they knew that they had no other choice. They followed the men out of the farmhouse and into the fields, where a large bonfire had been set up. The men formed a circle around the fire, and Michael and Lily were pushed into the center. As the flames began to rise, the men began to chant, their voices rising in a hideous crescendo. Michael and Lily watched in horror as the men began to transform. Their skin turned as white as snow, their eyes black as coal. 
Their bodies twisted and contorted in unnatural ways, and they began to grow long, razor-sharp claws. And then, as one, they turned on Michael and Lily, their eyes burning with an otherworldly rage. Michael and Lily fought as hard as they could, but they were no match for the creatures. The last thing Michael remembered was the sound of Lily's screams as they were dragged towards the bonfire. As the flames consumed them, Michael's mind was filled with visions of the horrors that he had witnessed on the farm. He knew that he would never forget the terror that he had felt, or the creatures that he had seen. And as his body was consumed by the flames, he wondered if anyone would ever discover the truth about what had happened on that deserted farm. A Haunted Performance As the curtains of the dilapidated theater parted, a chill ran down the spine of the two characters standing in the wings. Their eyes widened in terror as they gazed at the empty seats in front of them, the eerie silence broken only by the faint sound of wind whispering through the broken windows. The two characters, Lily and Max, were part of a troupe of performers who had been rehearsing for weeks to stage their latest play at the theater. Lily was the lead actress, while Max was the stage manager. They had been working tirelessly to perfect every aspect of the play, but little did they know that their zone of comfort was about to be shattered. As the play's opening night approached, Lily and Max began to feel a sense of unease. They both wanted the play to be a success, but something about the theater felt off. They couldn't quite put their finger on it, but they both had a nagging feeling that they were being watched. On the night of the performance, the theater was packed with eager spectators. Lily and Max nervously took their places, waiting for the curtains to open. As the play began, the audience was drawn in by the performances of the talented actors. However, as the play progressed, strange things began to happen. Props moved on their own, doors opened and closed by themselves, and eerie whispers filled the air. Lily and Max tried their best to carry on with the performance, but the strange occurrences made it increasingly difficult to focus. As the play reached its climax, Lily noticed something moving in the shadows of the wings. She tried to ignore it, but her unease grew as the figure drew closer. As the final scene played out, Lily and Max breathed a sigh of relief. They had managed to finish the performance despite the supernatural disturbances. However, as they stepped off the stage, they were confronted by the shadowy figure. It was a ghostly apparition of a former performer who had died in the theater years ago. The ghost warned them that the theater was cursed, and that they should leave while they still could. Lily and Max were shaken by the encounter, but they tried to convince themselves that it was just their imagination. They returned to the theater the next day to rehearse for the next performance. However, the strange occurrences continued. The ghostly figure appeared more frequently, and the whispers grew louder. The theater was becoming more and more dangerous, and Lily and Max knew that they had to find a way to break the curse. Lily and Max began to research the history of the theater, hoping to find some clue that could help them lift the curse. They discovered that the theater had been built on the site of an ancient burial ground, and that the spirits of the dead had never been properly appeased. They realized that they needed to perform a ritual to placate the angry spirits and break the curse. Lily and Max spent days preparing for the ritual, gathering the necessary materials and studying ancient texts. As they began to perform the ritual, they felt the presence of the spirits growing stronger. However, they persevered, and at last, the curse was lifted. The theater was no longer haunted, and Lily and Max could finally return to their normal lives. As Lily and Max stepped out of the theater, they breathed a sigh of relief. The weight of the curse had lifted, and they could finally move on from the terrifying experience. However, they knew that they would never forget what had happened to them in that haunted theater. The two characters went their separate ways, each returning to their own zone of comfort. 
Lily continued to act in plays, but she always chose to perform in modern, well-lit theaters. Max, on the other hand, decided to give up his job as a stage manager and pursue a career in something less spooky. Years passed, and the theater was eventually demolished to make way for a shopping mall. The ghostly apparitions and eerie whispers were nothing but a distant memory. However, Lily and Max would never forget the strange and terrifying experience that had changed their lives forever. Ghostly Shopper Lena had been meaning to go shopping for weeks, but she had never found the time. Today, she had finally carved out a few hours in her schedule to visit the department store. The moment she stepped inside the store, she felt a chill run down her spine. Something was not right. Lena noticed a security guard standing by the entrance, so she approached him. Excuse me, sir, she said. Do you know where I can find the bathroom? The security guard turned to face her. He had a stern expression on his face. The bathroom is on the second floor, he said. But be careful up there. Lena climbed the stairs to the second floor. As she reached the top of the stairs, she felt a sudden gust of wind blow past her. She shuddered, but she told herself that it was just the air conditioning. As Lena made her way down the aisle, she heard footsteps behind her. She turned around, but there was no one there. She shrugged it off and continued walking. A few moments later, she heard the footsteps again. This time, they were louder. Lena turned around and saw a woman standing behind her. The woman was dressed in old-fashioned clothing and had a pale, ghostly complexion. Who are you? Lena asked. The woman didn't answer. Instead, she walked towards Lena, her eyes fixed on Lena's face. Lena felt a wave of terror wash over her. Lena tried to run, but the woman grabbed her by the arm. Lena struggled to break free, but the woman's grip was too strong. The woman whispered something in Lena's ear, but Lena couldn't make out what she was saying. Suddenly, Lena realized what was happening. The woman was a ghost. She had been haunting the department store for years, and she was not going to let Lena leave alive. Lena knew that she had to find a way to escape. Lena managed to break free from the woman's grip and ran down the aisle as fast as she could. She reached the stairs and ran down them, not stopping until she was outside. She turned around and looked at the department store. She could see the ghostly woman looking down at her from the second floor window. Lena knew that she would never forget her terrifying encounter at the haunted department store. The Subway Portal Kate stepped off the train and took a deep breath. The subway was her zone of comfort, and she loved the familiar sounds and smells of the underground tunnels. She had just finished another long day at her boring desk job and was looking forward to a quiet night at home. As she walked down the platform, she noticed a strange door that she had never seen before. It was old and rusty, with a sign that read, out of order. Curiosity got the better of her, and she tried to open the door, but it was locked. She shrugged and continued on her way. As she walked, Kate couldn't shake the feeling that something was calling to her. It was like a whisper in the back of her mind, urging her to go back and try the door again. She tried to ignore it, but the feeling grew stronger and stronger until she couldn't resist it any longer. She turned around and made her way back to the door. This time, she noticed a small keyhole at the bottom of the door. Without thinking, she reached into her pocket and found a key that she didn't even know she had. She inserted it into the lock, and the door creaked open. Kate hesitated for a moment, but her curiosity got the better of her once again. She stepped through the doorway and found herself in a dark, damp tunnel. The air was musty, and she could hear the sound of dripping water echoing off the walls. 
She took a few steps forward, and suddenly the door slammed shut behind her. She spun around to face it, but it was locked tight. Panic set in as she realized she was trapped in the tunnel. Kate took a deep breath and tried to calm herself down. She knew she had to keep moving forward if she wanted to get out of the tunnel. She pulled out her phone and turned on the flashlight, illuminating the path ahead of her. As she walked, the tunnel seemed to stretch on forever. The walls were covered in moss and strange, glowing symbols that she couldn't quite make out. She heard strange whispers and felt cold, clammy fingers brush against her skin. But she pushed on, determined to find a way out. After what felt like hours, Kate saw a light up ahead. She ran towards it, her heart pounding in her chest. As she got closer, she could see that the light was coming from a portal, shimmering in the middle of the tunnel. Without thinking, she stepped through the portal and found herself in a different world. The world she had entered was nothing like the one she had left behind. It was dark and eerie, with twisted trees and strange creatures lurking in the shadows. The sky was blood red, and the air was thick with the scent of decay. Kate knew she had made a terrible mistake. She was completely alone in a world that was both terrifying and unknown. She tried to find a way back through the portal, but it was gone. She was trapped. Days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. Kate tried everything she could think of to find a way back to her own world, but nothing worked. She was alone and scared, with no hope of escape. But as time passed, she began to adapt to her new surroundings. She learned how to survive in the hostile environment and even made a few friends among the strange creatures that inhabited the world. She became stronger and more resourceful, developing a resilience she never knew she had. Despite this, she never gave up hope of finding a way back home. One day, after months of searching, Kate stumbled upon another portal. This one was different from the first, shimmering with a strange, ethereal light. Without hesitation, she stepped through it, not knowing what would be waiting for her on the other side. When she emerged, she found herself back in the subway tunnel where it all began. The door she had entered through was still locked, and she could see the sign that read, out of order, hanging on it. But Kate was different now. She had changed in ways she could never have imagined. She no longer felt the same comfort in the familiar sounds and smells of the subway. Instead, she was haunted by the memories of the other world, and the friends she had made there. She walked away from the door, unsure of what her future held. But she knew that she would never be the same again. As she walked away, Kate couldn't help but wonder if anyone else had ever stumbled upon the portal. She had never heard of anyone else getting lost in the subway tunnels, but she knew that there were many secrets hidden beneath the surface of the city. She looked back at the door one last time, feeling a mix of fear and curiosity. She knew that she could never go back, but she also knew that she would never forget the world she had left behind. Kate walked out of the subway station, and the door closed behind her with a soft click. The portal to another world was sealed once again, waiting for the next curious traveler to stumble upon it. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Haunted Grove. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we can't wait to share more with you in our next episode. Be sure to subscribe to Haunted Grove on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review to help others discover our podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.